Hello, everybody out there, and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. And it's a special one tonight because it is our 50th episode of the Talk That Talk Show. Yes, um, we had just started, what was it, last March? And now to say here, we are in our 50th installment of the Talk That Talk Show. Wouldn't be there without our sponsors. Big special sponsorship shout out to Executive Bar and Restaurant located in Carteret, New Jersey. Shout out to my boy Prashant. Love you very much. I talked to him. He's in good spirits. And hopefully we're going to get a takeout menu for there quickly and soon. Also give a big shout out to my boy uh, 91s.com. From uh, Cody Bromley Got the best acid wash apparel in the game If you want to check out some threads For when we get to go back outside Please check him out Alright And then also A big special sponsorship shout out To our people at VW Liquors Located in Wick Plaza Edison, New Jersey I got myself a nice drink I told myself for the 50th episode I was going to do something a little bit different So uh, beforehand I was doing a lot of beer reviews, and tonight, since it was such a special night, 50th episode, I decided to come up with one of my favorite cocktails. This is actually called a Coco Loso. For anybody out there that's looking to try a different drink for yourself uh, while you're quarantining, you want to be your own personal bartender, please check out the Coco Loso. This is a little bit of coconut vodka i prefer a little syrah but you put that and mix it with pineapple juice and you got yourself a coco loso so please give a big shout out to everybody on our facebook live stream alex balonis rick chanaki chris shank jr alex balonis lizard chris shank jr we got a lot of people here early on the facebook live stream and they're coming to wish me a happy fifth episode so i appreciate you all so if you have your drink out there Put your cheers up, and I'm going to cheer some of my Coco Loso to you before we start this show. Ah, man, that's so good. It kind of gets me ready, and uh, I-, I tell you what, for this being the 50th episode, I had a nice start to the day. Um, big shout out to my boy Becker Alshock. Um, he uh, is at Plugs Radio down in George Mason, uh, down in Virginia, and I had the great opportunity of being able to Instagram Live interview with him. And especially during these quarantine times, it's so big and so crucial to be able to reach out to your people and to, you know, let them know that you're thinking about them. And it was cool because, you know, I've been seeing him from afar and, you know, he's been doing great things with working with the Washington Wizards and then with Verizon, uh, being working with live sports. So I was able to talk to him a little bit and, you know, share some of how these sports experiences have been going on for us. And, you know, one of the things that he talked about was the fact that he wasn't a big fan. Now, I know before I was talking about how I liked a lot of the video game integration as far as sports, but he was pretty much talking about how he wasn't really too interested in uh, how video games have been kind of affecting sports landscape now and how they've been intertwined. So it was pretty cool to really catch up with him about that. And another thing that we had talked about and one of the things that was really something that I was itching to talk about here was my reactions to that first two episodes of the Michael Jordan documentary. So big shout out to anybody that watched it on ESPN. I was actually pretty surprised that they were saying fuck on like national television, which was pretty awesome because it's like, you know, Michael Jordan gives us that standard to where ESPN says it's okay for that to happen, right? 
but you know it just, it just speaks to the unprecedented access that we got with having this whole all these different behind the scenes takes with it right and i think that one of the things that uh, i was really interested about and i was talking to becker about was the fact that you know when jordan had this final run in this last dance uh back in was it 97 98 with that Chicago Bulls team, you know, I was just eight, seven years old myself. So, like, I remember what Michael Jordan did, and I just remember some of the games. Like, I have those feelings that Michael Jordan gave me as a kid, right? But, like, as far as, like, the other side of the coins where talking about uh, Scottie Pippen and having that $17 million contract, which was an absolute atrocity, right? But these are the things that I didn't get a chance to to really experience or understand because I was so young, right? So I really appreciated the fact that they gave that insider look as far as how Jerry Krause was, you know, trying to disband this team even before it started. And it kind of really made me think and like appreciate some of the great GMs out there like a Pat Riley or like uh, Danny Ainge, who even like without losing some of their best players, they're still able to create, you know, teams and, you know, create contenders, right? And here you have Jerry Krause who was able to create this super team in Chicago Bulls but couldn't get out of his own head and trying to create the next thing or being that next person to to uh, find somebody, right? I mean, how do you get rid of Phil Jackson when the guy won five out of six championships in, what, six, seven years, right? So it was crazy to me to see. And I think, like, for me personally, too, I think the Scottie Pippen thing is something that every young player out there needs to really look at as far as when you're signing contracts. Um, there was a big thing that I think uh, the owner of the Bulls had talked about, and he said that if I gave Michael Jordan – I think he was talking in reference to that injured year, second year or something. And he said if I gave Michael Jordan two pills and it said, you know, 90% of them will get you healthy – but this one 10%, it might end your career forever. And they said Michael Jordan would always take that pill because he was just that competitive, right? So against the odds, Michael Jordan was able to get himself all these different various, you know, excruciatingly big contracts at the time. But here you had Scottie Pippen who prioritized trying to watch for his family and provide for them and give them money. And in the end, he wound up shortchanging himself. Right. But in the documentary, he talked about how he was he wasn't really willing to try and bet on himself. Right. And I guess from my takeaway from that Jordan documentary and that specific piece that, um, you know, that Scottie Pippen had talked about is the fact that you have to bet on yourself. Don't be afraid to, you know, get that other 10 percent in your head. If you're going to go all in, you got to dive head first, right? And that's why you see Jordan was 6-0 and in the finals. And that's why you see that Scottie Pippen not, might not necessarily had the most illustrious career after leaving the Bulls, right? So I think that Jordan documentary was, was very influential as far as giving us that unprecedented access as far as what it takes to not only win, but sustain winning, right? And I thought it was kind of cool, too, that uh, Michael Jordan was giving little little jabs at Jerry Krause, like he said something about, oh, you want to run layups with us? We're going to have to lower the rim. And it, it was kind of like Jordan giving him the, the finger, man. And I think these are the type of things that you don't really get to see as we're watching it from the other side of the tube. So I'm very interested in as far as seeing that. And I actually talked to my boy Becker earlier on the Instagram Live, and I said I would love to see some other type of documentary like that on maybe a Kobe Bryant or 
uh, a Tiger Woods per se. I think this documentary is going to open up the doors for us seeing a lot more of these type of documentaries on some of our big named sports stars, right? So big shout out to that. And I'm going to be watching for the next episode uh, on Sunday. Um, definitely want to give another shout out to a lot of our people on the Facebook live stream. Shout out to Wavy Grape, Jill Diana. Wow. John Zapata. Antoine Jefferson, Joe Snow, Angelo Paolo, John Zapata, our loyal listener, Peter Dunn. Oh, man, thank you so much, everybody that's tuning in right now. But another thing that we see that is up right now is the fact that we have the NFL draft, right? Regardless of whether we're watching it from home or regardless of whether those top executives out there are drafting from their basement, the show must go on, right? So even though... We have this whole quarantining. The show is on the road. We saw that Joe Burrow is going to be with Cincinnati. Is he going to save the show? I don't know. Same thing I think about Tua. We have him going to Miami. I know a lot of people thought Miami might go in a different direction, but I guess they don't think the injury issues are that big of a difference, right? So I don't know how that's going to affect Miami, but I think the biggest thing that we saw, and I know I'm obligated to talk about it since I'm in the tri-state area, but... We have the Jets and the Giants who both went offensive linemen in the first round, right? So when you think as far as what is a team going to do with their first round pick, a lot of the times you're looking for that stud player that is going to give you instant, instant production in their first year, right? So when I look as far as what the Giants and Jets did by both selecting top tier offensive linemen, we have a full investment in the young quarterbacks that they invested in a couple years prior, right? So you have the Jets, who have Sam Darno and showed great bright spots last year and took a considerable step in the right direction when healthy, right? So if you get him some help, I mean, I can't remember the one game where he was injured and they had that uh, that backup in there against the against the Patriots, and it was awful. I mean, backup or not, you can still try and protect the guy, and and it was clear and apparent that the Jets could not protect their quarterback. Same thing with the Giants. I mean, Danny Dimes was looking so great. We coined him Danny Dimes because of his arm talent, right? But the big thing is the fact that when you have these guys with supreme arm talent, I don't want to say supreme yet because Danny Dimes still has to prove himself, but when you get these guys some help or somebody that can able to stop the pass rush and give him some protection and make those second and third reads on routes, you're going to give your team the best option at winning. And I think that, you know, a miss of, you know, them taking these offensive linemen, I think that this is a big statement for New York and saying we are bound on protecting our young quarterbacks. So I definitely like what New York did in that direction and trying to get some offensive linemen. And I think that this will definitely help both the Jets and Giants. And both of those picks will be instant effectors in the team whenever the NFL comes back. But one of the things that I definitely wanted to talk about, too, was uh, my boy Rick Chinaki asked me on the Facebook earlier today. But he asked me, what do I think about the Packers trading up to get the quarterback Jordan Love? And, you know, for me personally, I think this is hugely, hugely, hugely another reflection of how the Packers organization cannot sustain greatness or the front office is not completely able-bodied, right? Because my first strike for the Green Bay Packers is they let Mike McCarthy go away. They fired him when the guy consistently got that team to the playoffs and they wouldn't be anywhere without Mike McCarthy. So that was my strike one with them. 
but then you continuously waste Aaron Rodgers' best years in his prime, and you have a guy like Tom Brady who said he wants to play till he's 40 years old, right? So if you have a guy who's not leaving Green Bay, I mean, Wisconsin practically loves the guy. You can't get rid of him on the State Farm commercials, but at the same time, you don't want to give this guy any type of help. This is the same reason that Tom Brady left the Patriots to go to the Tampa Bay Bucks. You can't continue to ask a guy to make gold out of sand when you don't give him any type of help. So I think that's the biggest thing that I saw from the Packers is that they are more willing to invest in the future beyond Aaron Rodgers than actually able to give this man some help. I mean, you have T. Higgins who hasn't even gotten drafted yet, so you see that the wide receiver core is so deep. So why not add a couple more pieces, right? Why not? Because if you do not have those pieces around Aaron Rodgers, you're going to continue to lose to the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game or any of these other NFC teams that are continuing to get better, not just in the draft, but also in the offseason. So this was huge as far as a big miscue by the Packers for me. And I think that when you look as far as especially going on into these later drafts, you know, the first round picks are not supposed to be your really project guys, right? And I mean project in terms of, you know, two-year guys, three-year guys that it takes for them to, you know, reach their potential, right? When you take a guy in the first round, you are expecting this guy to make an instant impact on your team. And I just see that Jordan Love is not going to start a game unless the Packers are way out of it, right? Or if they're way ahead into the regular season, right? So, you know, I, I just think that this was a big miscue on their part. But one thing that I also did see in this draft is that we saw a lot of LSU players that got drafted, right, in the first round. And this should kind of give you a little bit of a point as to just how great that LSU team was last year, right? To go undefeated into the slay giants like Georgia and Alabama in big crucial games. So, you know, I think this also speaks to just the program that they have run in LSU and how they're making NFL players ready, right? So I'm really interested to see just how many players from LSU will get drafted in these next two years to come, right? Uh, I mean, in these next couple rounds to come. And then, you know, actually... It's just really interesting also to see just the fact that we have our, our New York Knicks who at the same time, you know, I want to, how could I say, I want to I wanna really make it clear that, you know, I, I really want to see these Knicks win. It, it, it's just tough because you see everybody making jokes about the Knicks and saying how we're not, you know, doing anything about our franchise. And it's just really tough to see and tough to be a fan of that continuously week in and week out, even when you're not in the media and you're still seeing Knicks memes, right? So, you know, I think that, you know, as far as with this Knicks franchise, I mean, I it was cool. It was funny also, too, because I had somebody send me a text. They're like, oh, did you hear James Dolan got corona? And I'm like, wow, is this the level that we're at, man? You know, we got people wishing on this guy's downfall. But um, I think the big thing, too, is like as far as being a Knicks fan, and, and I say this, and I, and I don't say this just as far as with the Knicks, but I also say this in terms of all the fans out there of your teams that aren't really doing as well. 
it's just really important to you to just try and watch some of the old, you know, footage of when they were good and try and remind yourself a little bit of why you are a fan, right? And I saw that my dad was doing that not too long ago where he watched some of the old clips of the Knicks and he was watching actually some old clips of some of the old bowlers that he was into, I think like Walter Wade Williams and stuff like that. So in these times where some of your teams aren't exactly doing their best, you know, they're not doing maxing out to their full potential, especially while there's no sports on, you know, try and look up some of those old games of them. Try and reestablish yourself as a fan. Um, I think, you know, watching some of the old clips of Grandmama Johnson when he hit that was that four-point shot or when you had uh, John Starks going in with the, the dunk. I mean, these are all, you know, big-time moments in the Knicks' career, and especially as a Knicks fan. And you get to get that, um, you know, reminder back when you look back at some of the history from your team. So I'm going to challenge everyone out there, you know, take a look into your team's history and go to some of the old YouTube footage, right? If you're telling me you're a Bucks fan, go look at some Oscar Robinson footage, right? If you're telling me you're a Clippers fan, how about you look at Darius Miles or Q Richardson, I want to see when we come out of this quarantine, I want to see some fans of some teams that actually know their teams, right? Because I'm going to be coming ready. I might have some trivia questions for some of these, uh, these fans that come on my show. And if you do have any other questions that you do want me to answer, you can always check in on the Facebook stream on here live. I want to give a big shout out to Parth K, Taj Ali, Kenya Solano, Salsa Saliba, Jenna Aruda, my boy Jeff Farrell, Dina Marie Nakasha. Thank you for letting Joe Snow play PUBG and Call of Duty with us. We love you, Dina. Shout out to Ashna Kotak, uh, Rob Hunter. Uh, I saw your show not too long ago, Rob, and I actually wanted to bring up a point that you had on your show too. And I really like that. Uh, one of the things that Rob Hunter, he has his own podcast called Three the Hard Way. Shout out to him. Uh, if you want to check out any other sports things and he has he's with his brothers and they're they're talking like barbershop talk. So you definitely got to check them out at three the hard way. But one of the things that I like that he brought up was is that what was one of the greatest teams of all time. Right. And I'm not going to tell you the answer, his answer to that, because that'll help you to go check out his show. But I like the point that they were making as far as, you know, with this. And I actually talked about this with Becker, but. You know, with the 97-98 Bulls, which we saw in this documentary, um, we saw the sheer dominance of what they did for an era, right? Uh, they completely changed the game and scope of basketball and what it takes to mean to win consistently, right? So this kind of brought up my question or what I thought was is like, what do we think is the most comparable to that team or what do you think is one of the best teams of all time? And they actually went through a whole bracket of that. So definitely check them out at three the hard way. But, you know, I will say, and I'll go on to say that I think that was 2000 Lakers um, with Kobe and Shaq, Rick Fox. I mean, to, to see the dominance that they went in and only losing one playoff game throughout that series. I mean, going, what, two and three Pete's with uh, Shaq and Kobe, all the drama that, and, and especially comparable like, you know, the Bulls and having that, you know, offseason drama. You had Shaq making a rap diss tape about Kobe. So I think that that, that L.A. Lakers team is definitely a comparable team as far as, you know, sheer dominance and somebody that can really compare with that Chicago Bulls team. So, you know, if you have a team that you think is just as good or was just as comparable as that, you know, please post it in the chat. Also want to give a, boy, a shout out to my boy Timothy Hugel, uh, Rebecca Sarah, 
Joe Snow again. I love you all. Um, this is uh, this show has really, really evolved into something that I love to do each and every week. Um, another big thing that I think it's hilarious um, is the fact that we've been streaming a lot, a lot. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone. Um, got 16 wins now. It's funny because a couple of my friends said that they don't want to play with me because they don't want to. They want to catch some ground on me on wins in the in the win column. So it's been really fun to try and have that little competitiveness w between our friends. But um, I really enjoyed the, the whole act of streaming. And I will say this, and I've talked about it before, but the video game community is is so different. And you know, I've really appreciated the support that I've actually got from starting also my own stream. Um, I've been on Twitch now at Barry, uh, Barry Buckets Gaming, uh, twitchtv.barrybucketsgaming. And it's been pretty cool but I, because I've been able to connect with some of these other streamers out there. And I had like one guy who came on my stream, shout out to Splash on him. But he came on, he was like, yo, you know, I see you're just starting out your stream. I'm gonna come check on you, uh, I'm gonna you know, watch your stream. Uh, you know, big positive vibes, and I really appreciate that. And it was something that I didn't really, you know, how could I say, expect, especially when starting out the stream. And, you know, I've been really interested, and it's been really fun to kind of check out other people's streams and see what other people are doing. And I was trying to explain it to one of my friends, and they were like, you know, why do people watch games on Twitch? Or like, why is it that, you know, people want to watch that? Why would you watch somebody else play video games? And I'll give the answer simply that my brother said. And he said, why do people watch the NBA? Why do people watch the NFL, right? So it was cool to see, you know, and be amongst some of the best on the video game platforming. And I appreciated that a lot. And in closing, I want to thank everyone out here for checking out our another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. This is our 50th episode, our 50th installment. I want to thank everyone out there, as always, for tuning in. Uh, you can always count on another episode of the Talk That Talk show each and every Friday. If you have your drink out there, check out some Coco Loso, all right? Get a little pineapple juice. Get a little coconut vodka, all right? So if you have your drink out there, please cheers it with me. I'm going to have another installment of the Talk That Talk show next Friday for you. I love you all. Thank you again. This is the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. <laughs>